Welcome to the Mind Body TV podcast with Dr. Kim Duramo. I'm a conventionally trained physician sharing how the body heals and how you can access this state of healing effortlessly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mind Body TV. I am Dr. Kim Duramo. I'm glad to have you here. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas week. So, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. I love hearing where you're joining from for those listening to the recording. I love your comments as well. I will see them, even though you're not here live. And for everyone here live, hello and welcome. Where are you tuning in from? Are you celebrating the holidays? So the theme that came in for this week is really um, cultivating the darkness as a way to find greater light. And this is, you know, the time of the holidays. It actually can be a really dark time. These are the darkest days of the year. We just had the solstice yesterday. Um, and for me, especially like this used to be a time where I'd get heavier with depression or um, just feeling sad, like that end of the year kind of sadness or loneliness or things like that. And so sometimes when it's like, oh, holidays, cheer, it can actually bring up the ways we don't feel joy, or maybe we are uh, lamenting the loss of a loved one or the absence of, you know, having like a partner in our life or who knows what it is that can come up during this time. But if we just like, you know, it's like putting ice cream on top of poop when you're trying to just be cheerful and make it a good thing and let's be happy. Um, it doesn't actually allow you to truly cultivate joy, right? Because you're you're putting a Band-Aid on these darker spaces. So I know for many, even like in the process this year, there's like people losing loved ones, or maybe you've had it in the history where, you know, you lost a loved one. And especially in the holidays, it can come up as that grief that this person is not here with you physically. Um, so I just want to make some space because what I've seen, for those of you who don't know me, I am a physician sharing about how mind-body medicine uh, can activate the healing response in the body and allow profound healing physically, mentally, emotionally of um, not only disease, but also like emotional patterns of grief, despair, anxiety, overwhelm is also an emotional addiction um, to release and to resolve so that you become more whole. And so I have seen really how... Um, how creating space for the darkness makes space for more joy. In fact, if you ever saw um, the movie uh, Inside Out is a Disney movie where there's this young girl and then there are all these characters inside that are representing her emotions. And in the movie, um, you know, she's just about hitting that puberty stage. Um, so she's moved to a new town. There's a lot coming up in her life. And, um, you know, it's all been about joy. Joy is at the helm. Joy is in charge. And then the other emotions are in the back intermittently jumping in like anger. Hey, don't do that to me. Or little sadness or disgust or fear. <gasps> Watch out. Let's be careful with this. Would intermittently and very just a short period of time, take over the controls and then get back to the back seat. Well, now it's like, whoa, things are getting really weird. What's going on with sadness? Sadness keeps uncontrollably jumping in 
taking the reins, you know, touching a memory and converting it, a joyful memory to a sad memory. And everyone's freaking out. Oh my God, we got to control sadness. What's going on with sadness? We can't let this get out of control. And what you come to see, spoiler alert, through the end of the movie is that joy deepens, uh, sadness deepens joy. So when we understand that sadness deepens joy, we make a lot more space for our sadness. So whether it's grief or despair or sadness itself, um, are you willing to cultivate what's coming up? Make space for it because it will create more space in you for joy. So that is why I created this um, theme for today. And I want to touch base about that. So thank you, everybody who is here live. Hello, Kelly from Boston. I went to high school with Kelly. Joanne from UK. Inside Out is one of my faves. Mahalo, Trevor. Great to see you. Marie from Scotland. Yes, celebrating with a big family can be really stressful. Enrique. Luisa, Carol from Connecticut, Kathy from Ireland, Janelle from Oklahoma City, Goubet from Austria, Enrica from Germany, Enrique, uh, Karen, hello, Nadine from Florida, Bonnie from Virginia, Antonella from UK, Michelle from Maryland. Awesome to see everybody here. Thank you guys for being here. All right. <clears throat> so, and everybody, hello in uh, Instagram as well. So you can share with me, um, what does this bring up for you? Are there sadness, losses, griefs that maybe tend to come up during this time of the year or just stresses of, like someone mentioned, celebrating with a big family, like nothing better to trigger every button you didn't know you had than getting together for the weekend with your family in one room all at the same time, right? You're like, whoa, and God forbid someone mentions religion or politics or there's so many topics right now that can get everybody really heated up. It can feel like a like a landmines, you know, like a you get, you get little landmines everywhere because it can trigger the heck out of you in ways you didn't even know. So instead of trying to just like suppress that and then put on the holiday cheer, what if we would embrace that? And let this be an opportunity to clear out the parts of us where we're holding judgment, where we're holding shame, where we're holding inadequacy, where we're holding fear, where we're holding whatever we're holding or suppressing sadness, all of which blocks our ultimate expansion into joy. And if you really do intend to have 2022 be more abundant, more joyful, more authentic, more a space of freedom, then anything you've known before, you really want to embrace these spaces. And physiologically, it's what heals your body. I just had an amazing private session with this beautiful woman who is dealing with um, someone in her family that has an illness and they're not sure like what's going to happen here. And it just brought up like the deepest spaces of despair and fear. Um, and ultimately, you know, she shared, I'm willing to meet these spaces to be in my strength for this family member. And the, and the mind is like, no, I gotta, I, I gotta hold it together so I can be there for her. And it was like, well, yeah, then there's one more person at the bedside, but it's one more suppressed person who's not actually in their full embodiment. Is that going to bring her strength? And she's been around this work for some time. She's in the Embracing Health program. She's really, really 
received this work so beautifully and got it right away. Like, nope, that's not going to be strength for anyone. And her big lesson has been that she's had this illness was like, it's not about who I am on the outside that makes a difference in my life. But in the program, it was all about who I am on the outside and all about, I got to hold it together and be there for others. And she's realizing like, wow, that actually doesn't serve anybody. And it was making me sick. And so as she's shifting this pattern, her health is shifting, her outlook is shifting, um, but it's really changing the space she's in to really be there for others, which is what she wants so much for anyway. I love my family. I want to really be there for them, but we can't really be there if we're not being here, if we're not in our body and in our embodiment, if we're not in our experience. So especially right now, when we get so triggered around the holidays or when it seems like the dark night, uh, dark nights of the year end up being like dark nights of the soul. We're meeting spaces in ourselves we maybe have avoided. Can we welcome that as a way to make space for us, right? The true us, the essence of us, which is joy. Trevor said, I'm not invited to any family gatherings because I don't have the jab. Feeling super lonely and unwanted. I think there are a lot of people that can fall into that space and, and it is important to feel the feelings that come up with our own, like maybe anger and resentment, like, Oh my God, how could you do this to me? Maybe rejection, which can be even lower. Like I'm not, I'm not um, loved enough that they will just accept me and let me in. And once we move through those layers, we may even be able to move into compassion for these other individuals who are scared, right? Who ha have the idea that I need to protect myself. I'm not okay. You know, like just put the whole idea of innate immunity in out the window. Um, we, a lot of people are really in fear. And can we respect that instead of needing them to see it differently, which I'm sure you've moved through at least some of that, Trevor. Um, can we accept that other people have different perspectives than the ones we may have, even if they don't accept it of us, right? Like a lot of people accept only one side of this equation, um, but it can be a really big journey to meet these deep spaces of like rejection, resentment, anger, um, even just frustration of like, you know, who doesn't get frustrated with family members? <laughs> um, but even um, the deeper spaces of like, uh, do I belong? I'm lonely. Is there anybody who really loves me feeling unloved? So these are, this is the real deal. This is no joke, right? This isn't just like some, Hey, it'll, it'll be good in the long run. If you just <laughs> make space for this. No, it really is a matter of, will I go into these spaces where I feel unloved or unworthy or, you know, fill in the blank because the flip of that is complaining judging, rejecting, right? Like a lot of people do this. I can't believe they're doing this. And we do, we, then we get to the same frequency that other people are on instead of maintaining a space of love for ourselves, compassion for ourselves. And like, yeah, maybe that will extend over to compassion for others, but don't aim for that. You've got to meet yourself first. So don't try to be uh, understanding of others. I used to do this a lot, kept me in a, a relationship for many, many years that wasn't really a good relationship for me to just try to be more understanding of that person. Meanwhile, it was like abusing myself. 
So I had, I finally learned that real love is to be compassionate for myself is to find love for myself. And as soon as I found love for myself, I'm like him, you do not need to be in that relationship. You want to walk away, walk away. You're done. That is not self-love. So always find the point within yourself first of what is this bringing up for me? Because it can bring up a lot. A lot of these little nuggets of density you don't realize are being carried in your system. But 100%, they're affecting your life. I'm feeling extremely excluded this holiday season, sad and heartbroken. Yeah, I'm so sorry, sweet love. Yeah, some people are living in extreme fear at the moment and very sad. That is very sad. Yeah, so this is for me a big one, both of these two. Um, can I meet what comes up in me? Because there's my own judgment, my own perspective of self, like who's the I that's being rejected? Who's the I that's being left out? That's the one I need to have compassion for. That's the one I need to find a space of, of love and presence for, for me meeting me. Because really nobody else can, can be there for you until you can be there for yourself <laughs> in that depth, in that darkness, in those deep spaces. So it's funny because a lot of us, we're in such a projection of the other person uh, judgment, complaining. Like if you notice yourself complaining, make a practice right now. Oh, wait, my highest choice is to awaken. So when I catch myself complaining, I'm going to pause. I'm going to look, what am I actually feeling that I'm trying to avoid by projecting it? Mm, Bridget, I said that I love that. So important. And it isn't like I'm going to recommend you do that. I'm just saying if your commitment is to your own personal expansion into health, wealth, wholeness, abundance, joy, truth, freedom, that it would be a really wise choice. Because every time I'm complaining, it's because I'm in victim. Can you believe they did this to me? Oh, and can you believe then she said that? Oh, wait a minute. What's actually going to serve me? Because that is definitely not going to serve my fullest expansion and fullest wholeness which is what health really is about. But I might not see it. Like, no, I'm not judging them. They're judging me. They're the ones who won't let me come. Okay, so next time you find yourself complaining about it, you'll hear it, you'll find it. And then you're like, oh, it's like catching the fly in the chopsticks. Oh, wait, it's right here, this little nugget that's been mucking up the whole room, filling the whole room with buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. It's right here. I can see myself in the act of making myself a victim, buying into my victimhood. Does anyone worry or concerned about the information out there regarding the people who were injected and continue to get boosters? Can't our immune system protect us better? So I'm not gonna get too much into the conversation about that, but there are really, really good resources out there if you educate yourself that yes, point to innate immunity being far superior to the injection. And this has been demonstrated very, very widely. It's not what they're sharing in mainstream media, but if you actually read the papers, it's very evident. The also the thing about innate immunity is you can't be susceptible to that same uh, infection again, and or any form of it, meaning if it mutates to another variant and it mutates to another variant, you are still fully immune. This has also been conclusively shown in many different studies. But it really is a matter, it's not a matter of like telling people about that because 
we hear what we're able to hear, we see what we're able to see. And for those of us who are curious, open, like, let me check it out. You'll find this data. It's not hard to find, although, you know, there's a lot of things being censored. Um, so Dell Big Tree is a really good resource for that. Um, Dr. Uh, uh, Peter McCullough is an excellent resource for that very, very prominent physician. Um, there are many, many people who are sharing this, but it's not going to be unlike the, the news show. <laughs> so it's a matter. What I've seen is 100% of the people I've seen in judgment, oh, I can't believe someone didn't do it this way. And how could all these stupid people do this? 100% of the people in judgment uh, aren't actually open, curious, and informing themselves. 100% um, of the people I've seen that are calm uh, are coming to a different conclusion and looking, you know, looking at what's going on, but I'm not going to make this because it's so political to talk about medicine right now. <laughs> it shouldn't be a political issue because medical science is medical science. Um, but it does end up being, um, you know, quite a big controversy. I love that Dr. Kim, we hear what we want to hear and we see what we want to see. Well, it is true in neuroscience that, um, the conclusions we make, um, will reflect in our reality, meaning what you see is going to validate what you believe. Like you're not going to see things. Even if you're looking at the same picture as someone else, the information that comes into your brain is different than the information that goes into their brain, right? Wow. Wait a minute. We're watching the same movie here. We're having the same experience. But what happens is, um, the belief systems I hold will determine what kind of information comes in and what kind just passes right through and I don't even notice it. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I live in a world where, um, okay, let's try the theme for what we have today, right? I just got to be happy and be there for everyone else because that's how I love my family. So even though there's all this darkness and despair, I'm just going to chip her up and pull it off. Uh, but then there's really no presence in your seat at the holiday table. So it's not really a contribution. Um, but if you believe that, you're going to live in a world that like requires that of you, right? Where there isn't any space for you to express uh, emotion or authenticity or something other than what's expected or who they think you are. And a lot of people will say also, um, but these are people that love me. I don't want to lose the people that love me. Well, if showing up more authentically has them not love you, that's they're loving the persona you're trying to hold together, the image you're trying to project right? Like, I'm good. Everything's good. I I'm happy because they need you to be happy, but it's not real. That's not love, right? They don't even know you. They don't know the real you. They know the persona you've been projecting and maybe they love that, but maybe they would also really love you. And maybe they wouldn't, in which case, what are you trying to preserve, right? If it's someone who doesn't really love you, what are you trying so hard to hold together? So yeah, people will see what they want to see, including they'll see in you what they want to see and they won't see what they don't want to see. So it's up to you. Do I want to um, show up um, authentically, you know, which, which is going to bring health to my body? Hold on a second. So... Um, let me just see what we've got here. How can I be there for their children during a difficult event? How can one be there for their children to make sure it's a memorable, happy time for them without not showing up for myself? So what if you let go of trying to make it a happy time for them 
and you just let them see where you really are. One of the greatest gifts you can give your children is an authentic parent, not a happy chipper, it's all good parent who tries to make them happy because happiness comes from authenticity. Happiness comes from true connection. You can't truly connect with anyone when you buffer what you're actually feeling. So I'm not saying like you take it out on other people. Oh, I'm just miserable. I'm not even gonna try to feel happy. I'm just saying that if you let go of trying to feel happy and making it about that end and you deepen in your connection with yourself, that whatever's here is just, I'm going to just be with what's really here. And now you show up with your kid and it might not be like, rah, rah, let's make this a fun Christmas, which is all going to be BS anyway, right? Just like the belief system of how this is how it should be. Aren't you happy? They feel you not the experience you're trying to force them to have. They feel you, not the experience you're trying to project. So the wisest thing you can do is let go of what you're trying to make it like for your kids and get in your body and be with what's here so you're actually in connection with your kids. Ma Mazalak said, I'm trying to be more present and conscious, but sometimes I feel useless and pointless when I'm just listening and agreeing with someone I disagree with. I think not responding means being conscious. Mm. Not responding is definitely not conscious. <laughs> if you're conscious, you're always going to be in responsiveness. You're just not going to be in reactiveness. So sometimes someone may say something that you disagree with and you say, wow, that's a really interesting perspective. And inside you're thinking, how the hell could you even imagine that's true, right? But you just let yourself be in the moment of like, wow, someone who thinks so, sees it so differently from me, be in awe. Be in, that's what compassion is, right? But it's authentic. Wow. That brings up a lot for me when I hear you say that. That's a, let me Let me look at that right? It's not judging. It's not criticizing. It's not putting them down and it's not needing them to see it otherwise, right? So how can I be honoring my authenticity, but do it in a way that's compassionate for me and for them? Uh, I love that. I resonate with this immensely. I've been doing this work and have been experiencing worsening physical symptoms. I'm trying to accept and feel into what is right about this. Yeah. As soon as you take the lid off, your oppression and suppression of self, your symptoms are going to intensify. Like not necessarily physically, but in some way you're going to feel the energy more. Maybe it's just 10 seconds, right? Because it's going to move through now that you've got out of resistance and it might move through in 10 seconds, but it might move through in 10 minutes. Maybe it's going to be on and off a little bit for 10 days, right? Well, all that energy you've held in for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades is finally no longer suppressed. Maybe it's going to take a few minutes, but will I breathe in and breathe out and stay in commitment to authentic expression? Or will I go back into the old one that's like, no, no, make it look good, make it look good. Your value is in holding it together. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What if your value is in showing up fully to your experience? Sylvia said, a lot of times when I'm in a dark place, I don't notice it. Yep, because we're not in the body. Do you know, and it's really interesting, in power versus force, here it is. Hold on a second. It was one of my favorite books. And I'm reading the, one of his other books right now, Transcending Consciousness. But he was an MD psychiatrist who studied 
how consciousness affects the brain, how consciousness affects the body and your health, and how consciousness affects your reality that you're living, right? Like the electromagnetics of your body. It's one of my favorite books. But the point is, um, you know, it is it is shown to be true in the body and in the nervous system that we we register a hundred percent of the time when we're being lied to. Our body registers it. Are we in our body sensing, aware, and paying attention? Or have we totally blocked that out? No, no, no. He's really nice. I'm sure he wouldn't lie to me. And we're living, like I said, your beliefs are going to equal your reality. So you don't let that information in. You don't let that awareness in. So, you know, it's like she's saying, I've been in a dark place and I don't notice it. And I keep acting out from that place. And later when I'm in the moment, I realize I was in victim. And, and complaining. I was annoyed and frustrated and acting from that place. What do I do to make sure I catch myself in the moment and not after? Also, I try to breathe and feel holding that situation and feeling the emotions. Does that work or not? Yes. So in the instant elevation program, and this is exactly to recalibrate the brain so you are aware. Whoa, I'm aware of what's happening in here. Now I'm in the driver's seat. Now I can respond in a healthy, expansive way instead of react, which just keeps the patterns in place. And so all the tools in the book, the mind-body toolkit, all the tools in the instant elevation program are specifically to guide you into deeper awareness, right? And so I'm using this all the time. I'm aware, you know, if I'm with a, a client, I'm assisting what's actually going on that's keeping this illness pattern in place. And I can immediately know, here's what we got to move. Here's what's happening. Here's your relationship with your mother. Here's something in utero. Here's something in your diet. I mean, who knows? It could be so many things affecting us. And if you let yourself have the awareness, you can have all kinds of awareness. But you've got to practice your way into that connection. Uh, and the program, if that you are interested, is at drkimd.com forward slash IEP. That's the instant elevation program. Um, and the book is at drkimd.com forward slash book. Awesome, awesome holiday gift. If you would like to give someone a good glimpse into this work and a way to actually tangibly create that deepened connection, the science, the how, what do I do? Why do I do this? Why is this so important? is all really well laid out in a very simplified, easy to read format in the book, The Mind-Body Toolkit. Um, that's at drkimd.com forward slash book. So thank you for asking that, right? It's like, how deeply connected am I in my experience? Am I in the now or am I like, oh no, everything's fine and suppression. Jen said, what about chemical reactions? I'm on prednisone and trying to manage my mood and heart so hard. So the way we are susceptible to a medication, whether we have like harmful side effects or we move very smoothly and fluidly through the process is also dependent on what's happening in our inner physiology, which is directly correlated to the level of consciousness we're in. And in pretty much all my programs, I'm using that that scale of consciousness, right? When we're holding grief, when we're holding anger, it's not the emotions that keep the toxicity in place. It's the repression of the emotions. 
which is exactly what we're looking at with like, let me just be happier. Let me just keep it together. Let me just put on a good face for my kids so they have a positive holiday experience. But really, they just have another BS experience where no one is dropped in to actually be with them. So am I dropped in to fully be with my body? Because that's what has been shown to create the chemical resilience that allow the drug to be either metabolized and cleared, or if you're on something chronically that is required, that there are not negative side effects that could be there. Lots of um, really great science to, <laughs> yeah, Kyle sees. Kathleen's like, Kyle Cease is reading this too. Yeah, he told me about it and I started reading it immediately. So um, I'm on chapter nine. Um, it's called, um, what's it called? Transcending the levels of consciousness. You know, David Huckins is not for everybody. It's very, it's kind of like intense, but just the process of reading it brings you up the scale lighter in a higher consciousness and higher resilience just by reading it. So, and this one book, which is the first one, I studied this for about, I don't know if it was 20 years, definitely more than 10 years. I studied, like I've read it so many times. Look at this. It's dirty and got coffee stains on it. It's got dog ears on like almost every page. Um, but it's freaking chock full of like massive consciousness shifting awareness that changes you when you read it. Maybe a good Christmas present as well for somebody. <laughs> um, power versus force is a must read, says Roberta. Um, so yeah, there are certain things that just by the reading of them, and I know for my work, I will definitely give a testament to that. Just watching the video, just doing the course accelerates your consciousness. So it's not like, let me learn the thing and then let me look, work really hard at it and <gasps> hopefully I'll apply it and then I'll get this result, right? Which is like a linear path. But something like this and the work that I'm doing is very much vested in the same thing, will shift your consciousness as you are interacting with it. So you are not the same person at the end of this broadcast as you were when you came in. It doesn't just shift your cells and your DNA, like it actually shifts your entire being and who you know yourself to be, right? That's a shift in consciousness. Um, so thank you for Maslak, Maslask asking that question. Um, yeah, good. People are resonating with this. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm going to get the book. Both you and Kyle have recommended it. Yeah, we're going to shift the world if everybody starts doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, this has really been the foundation of all of the work I've done as a physician. Um Okay, Rachel said, I can see clearly where I used to place my energy. It caused me so much pain in every year. I used to focus on what I thought I lacked where and what I felt I'd lost. I, I used to be like that a lot too. Like each year at Christmas time, you kind of like take inventory, all right? And it's the end of a year, start of a new year. All right, where am I in my life? Oh, I still don't have my partner. Oh, I still haven't had X, Y, Z in my career. You know, whatever you know, whatever you, you don't have versus inventory of who have I become? Have I even 2% more become who I intend to be? Uh, she said, but I've learned to release the way I thought of all of this, that it should look and embrace how it is. I'm so grateful for you showing me this as it's helped me so much. Thank you, Rachel. 
Jen Smith said the mind body toolkit was in my care bag when I went to chemo. I need to revisit it right now. Oh, what a love. That's amazing. That totally lights me up. And Tanella said, I just feel disconnected. Yes. So can you show up as I feel disconnected and I'm willing to feel disconnected. I feel disconnected and I welcome what's here in this experience. I feel disconnected and I welcome that sensation and that feeling of disconnection that that isn't wanted, right? I welcome where I resist wholeness. I welcome where I resist myself. I don't want to feel this. I want to feel something else. I want to fix it. Let me therapize it or read another book and figure out how to get connected, right? Versus I welcome what I'm experiencing here. I welcome where I'm resisting wholeness. That's like the first thing I do in every embracing health group call is I integrate for the, the group that, that I welcome where we are in resistance to wholeness. And ever since I started doing that, like the calls are even more profound and smoother and so seamlessly received by the group. Um, thank you guys. Oh, so yeah, I know this is a lot that, especially this year, it, it can be more than maybe any other year in the past that there's so much intensity of what may come up, but it's coming up because it's time to embrace it. Not because there's something wrong, not because, oh, let me just wait till this whole thing is over. You know, this whole pandemic is over. And then what, then what? I can get back in resistance of myself and pull it off. No, you're never going back. You're never going back to what worked before because the things worked that allowed me to avoid reality. <laughs> and it seemed like that was a good thing, but what if embracing reality is how you move into a higher reality? You create it. You create it by, I embrace what I'm feeling as I'm feeling it. It's okay for me to be where I am as I am how I am. Because I'll tell you there is infinite more power and joy in that embodiment for a child, like people were saying, someone was saying about, what if I want my children to have joy, but I'm not feeling it. There is so much more joy in that, just the truth of that, acknowledging the truth of that, welcoming the truth of that. Your, your, your frequency just went way up. That will access your kid to way more joy. <sighs> Metamorphic mind, I've been in the balance and it's great to practice non-attachment with the contrast. Yeah. Oh, this happens a lot, right? Wow, I felt so good, but then I lost it. How do I get it back? <laughs> Don't try to get it back. Try, just go for, I feel this, and now I feel this. Okay, this is what's here to be embraced. Eat what's on your plate. Oh, today it's sadness. Maybe massive heaps of sadness. Kyle Cease is really good at this. Like he'll let it be used as a transmutive experience and cry and feel and then it moves through. Whenever I do this, you guys, it's massive how much more alive I feel after. And maybe it's like days and weeks of being on an all new level of amazingness. And then maybe there's another piece that is an upheaval of like more things, right? A trigger, a recalibration, an expansion. That is the cycle of awakening. Be a trigger, it's like, ah! And then we're recalibrating, right? And the body's like integrating around a whole new reality. Now that trigger can be something awesome happening in our lives. Wow, we're gonna we're gonna get a ski condo. Oh my god, this is amazing! Yes, I'm gonna let this in. 
oh God, now we got to go through like the whole process of like buying it and the, the funding and the this and the that. And oh, is it going to be okay? I'm attached to it. Oh, I might not get what I want. Like the recalibration of I choose to allow life to come to me effortlessly. I choose to let go of attachment and let abundance come easily into my life. And so how am I with that calibration? There's discomfort in the recalibration, right? It's an integration to that higher self, the self who I'm living in this new level where I'm going to go be in the ski condo. It's so easy, right? I don't drive back and forth so much. Wow. It's a new level of abundance if I let it be that. So how do I integrate that in my nervous system? That's a recalibration. And recalibration can be uncomfortable because we have to let go of the old self who didn't have that ski condo, who did drive back and forth. Every single thing is like this. I have MS and I want to move into the me who is free and strong and healthy. That's a recalibration. It can be uncomfortable. You have to give up sometimes as a victim story. You have to give up sometimes. You know, this is a lot of stuff that's like a secondary gain to meet needs we don't get met otherwise, right? Like taking care of myself. When I was pregnant, I took really good care of myself. And when I wasn't pregnant, there would be a little bit of guilt there when I like took a nap midday. It'd just be a little resistance to caring for myself the same way. So the pregnancy gave me the opportunity to do it seamlessly. It's totally easy. So sometimes it serves a secondary purpose. So if the illness is serving a secondary purpose, um, we, we want to be willing to look at that. How could I meet this need? Don't make it wrong that you have that need, but how can I meet it in a more uh, productive way, a more fulfilling way, an on the table way so my body doesn't have to get it in this under the table way? And that's a big piece in, um, in the programs that I'm doing as well. Mm. <laughs> I had someone come up to me in the ski line yesterday and he's like, can I take a picture with you? <laughs> and he's like 17. I'm like, no, that's okay. Yeah. You want to take a picture with me, don't you? I'm like, no, I, I'm good. <laughs> and then he holds his phone up to do a selfie. He's like, come on, come on. And he was so enthusiastic about it. I'm like, okay, we'll take a picture. And, you know, gave a big smile. It was fun. And he goes, I'm going to make this my wallpaper. <laughs> I'm like, what was that? <laughs> what was that about? I have no idea. But it was fun. And he was like, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. So what, what is it you have inside that is, you know, ask for it. Ask for it. Your enthusiasm for what you truly want is enough to bring it into manifestation. Um... So what are you asking for this Christmas? Greater wholeness, connection, love, right? Anything you think of asking for is kind of a means to that end. So that I feel more whole, loved, fulfilled, connected, joyful, free. What else can we throw into that bag? <laughs> Accepted, <laughs> which is like a form of freedom, right? I'm free to be all that I am. So I will leave you with this is this, this piece because this is like, why do we embrace the darkness? It will always lead to more of what we're actually asking for, right? It seems like the road to what I'm asking for is, no, just be joyful, be more joyful, be positive. But it's not. You've got to sometimes go down to come up, unhook the attachment, 
unhook the resistance, unhook the suppression. He recognized how cool you are. Yeah, that was what I was gonna, that's what Mario said too. He liked my skis, that was for sure. <laughs> Uh, Peter Mercola. Um, I don't know who Peter Mercola is. Joe Mercola is a doctor who's doing really great work. Peter McCullough is the one that I had mentioned. Oh, I can't look at my phone right now. Um, if you go on, you know what? They took it off YouTube. It's only on Spotify, but uh, if you send a message to our team at support at drkimd.com, I will be willing to share the uh, link for this um, interview with Peter McCullough. He's a very, very prominent doctor who's sharing a lot about, um, you know, what's actually going on behind the scenes. It's definitely worth looking at. <laughs> yes, Peter McCullough. Thank you. I don't think I would have known how to spell it right now. Okay. So what is it you want for Christmas? And it, it could be anything <laughs> from the, the ski condo that we're looking at right now or, um, or just a joyful time with my family. And then look at why do I want that? What do I experience when that comes into manifestation? What do I get to experience? In the Dallas event we'll be doing in a few weeks in January. So for whoever wants to come live, we're having a live event for Awakened Manifestation. It will be one of the most powerful things you've ever done in your entire life. Um, but we will enter into how do we activate the essence of what's underneath those desires, what's underneath those manifestations. Because as soon as we activate this, and we'll just do some of this now, um, we begin to bring it into manifestation. So feel into what is the fruition of that, the wholeness of that, the freedom of that, the joy of that, and feel it in your body cellularly. Keep turning up the volume, turning up the volume, turning up the volume, breathe it in. I am this manifestation. I am this individual, I am this experience. And take five breaths, let it in more and more and more. Yes, 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 yes. Let your cells feel it and do it until you feel a shift. Because as soon as you feel a shift, you've already shifted your electromagnetics. You're beginning to shift your chemistry. You are changing your brain patterns. You have already made a manifestation. <laughs> I want to give gifts, but I'm so broke. It makes me feel like crap. So let go of the, the material gifts that have to be about money. Give the gift of your love and presence. Give the gift of I'm willing to accept myself as I am and not make it wrong or see it as a limitation. That's a gift. I give you the gift of accepting myself and not making this condition wrong or seeing it as a limitation. It's always a gift. How does it expand me into a deeper part of myself? Accepting that you're awakening seems like a precursor to accepting everything else. Yep. <laughs> and for the event in Dallas, there are still some spaces available drkimd.com forward slash Dallas. I know not everyone can travel, um, but if there's any way you can be there, it would be absolutely amazing. Uh, drkimd.com forward slash Dallas is the link for the live event. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what was that about on the ski slope? Your light and vibration are singular and who would not want a photo with you? 
All right, contentment. Yes, Colin. So uh, you welcome in contentment. What does it feel like? What is the experience? What might it look like? You can bring in imagery, activate your body and your system. to feel it, to let it in, to express it, to be it now, not later when this happens or doesn't happen. Now, that's the bold, courageous move. So that is your Christmas present to yourself. I love you. Merry Christmas. I'll be here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time on my YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe if you're in YouTube. Hit the bell if you would like to be alerted to what we're doing. It will make sure that you're aware. Mm. And Facebook, we are in the mind-body community where we'll continue the conversation. Will the Dallas event be live streamed? We still don't have the answer to that. It is actually way more complicated than we imagined. So there's a few things we've got to look in. I think we might do is record it, at least record it. But I will definitively let you know in about a week or so. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't let you know sooner. Um, so for anyone else who is thinking of coming, if you have any questions, reach out at support at drkimd.com and we will assist you with the page and the information. Even if all you do is look it over and receive it, it is for you and it will create cellular shifts for you just by reading it. It's at a higher frequency. So drkimd.com forward slash Dallas for the event. I love you guys. It's been an awesome year. I will be here next week. Um, I'm really, really grateful for everything that's happened this year. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for our world and the massive metamorphosis and catharsis that it's in right now, really releasing old programming of look outside yourself for the answer. Don't look within kind of crap. It's time to begin to know, right? And I did that broadcast earlier in the year, the emperor has new clothes. This authoritative figure in the hierarchy, right? Don't trust yourself. I'll help you. You're not safe, but I'll save you. Give away your freedom to me and I'll take care of you, right? That hierarchical structure is what's dissolving and it's going out with a bang because anybody who's still vested in it and still trying to feed into that and get something from that, right? I'll just put my trust in someone else and they'll save me. You're going to have an experience that awakens you to the truth. Oh, it gets created from within me. Let me choose to connect with myself more fully, connect with my wisdom more fully, and let the intelligence that created me come through me, guide me, heal me, show me, provide for me, be my life. That is how we live in an awakened world. And this, what we're seeing here, is how we create one. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Mind Body TV podcast with Dr. Kim Duramo. For a special download to assist with integrating this work, go to drkimd.com forward slash podcast.